Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Healing Circle podcast, a space for conversation, meditation, and education about all things faith, relationships, and mental health. Today, we are going to be talking about what it means to be an empath and what things you need to know about being an empath and pretty much just how to survive as an empath. And we have a very, very special guest. We have Alyssa Gossam. I hope I said your last name right. Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, And something that I want to do on the Healing Circle podcast is just get people to introduce themselves because I think there's just something powerful about being able to share what you want to share about yourself to the world. So without further ado, Alyssa is going to introduce herself. Hi, I'm Alyssa. Um, I am from Dallas. Um, Well, I'm actually from a suburb called Rowlett in Dallas. I'm uh, newly married. I've been married about, oh, wow, seven months now. Go, girl. Getting up there. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So excited about that. I'm newly married. Um, I'm newly a stepmom, so I'm learning. I have lots of learning curves with that as well. Um, I'm a writer and content editor at Right Now Media, which is a Christian media company that produces like online streaming Bible studies, super cool. I love it so much. I just started there a few mm-hmm. months ago. And um, yeah. That's awesome. So I met, um, so Alisa, Alyssa. Alisa. Alisa, thank you so much. I am very particular about making sure I say people's names correctly because no one ever says my name correctly. Listen, it's, it's, it's one of those <laughs> things where like friends, childhood like I don't I don't ever correct anybody because it's a habit like I was always Alyssa Elise Alicia not Alicia they can't read like all of it but I was all all of it it's like five different variations and I was always one of the five and so I just learned to turn around if I heard something similar so Mm. I don't even I hear you I got Kobe I got Kobe I got Cody (laughs) I got all of it. And it's funny, a long story short, the actual pronunciation of my name is Kobe, not Kobe. But so many people struggle that I just say Kobe. But that's for another episode because, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, even my husband struggles with saying it correctly. So it's just Kobe for now. And, you know, wow. uh, the good part is when Jesus speaks to me, I know it's Jesus because he don't say Kobe. <laughs> right. He, just, he says it correctly. Um <laughs> But I met Alisa, honestly, via Instagram. (laughs) And she, you know, when you go on your explore page and there's just like a ton of people who constantly pop up and it's clearly like we have a bunch of things in common, I think, because they're just like always on your explore page. And she like models for like vintage clothing, the shop for hair wraps, uh, for Sparrow Women, for uh pretty much everything okay um she is beautiful and has literally picturesque uh natural hair and (laughs) if you're like me you've dreamt about shaving it off and putting it on your own head (laughs) but um we so uh, I don't don't even know how we really connected I think we really connected just because you post literally the funniest memes ever (laughs) And I'm like, okay. And I always, like, me and my cousins have a secret group chat where we send, like, semi-inappropriate memes to each other. Right. right. Your memes always end up in there. (laughs) But one day she posted a book. um, I think it's called The Empath Survival Guide. And she was just talking about how it changed your life and how she um, identifies as an empath. So I want you to tell me a little bit more and tell our listeners a little bit more about how you discover that you're an empath and what you think it, being an empath means for you. Yeah. So I actually, in terms of just like understanding like what an empath is and like actually putting like a definition to the word and all of that, like that was actually fairly recently, like within the past like year or so, but like I always knew and would just kind of tell myself that I was like, gifted with certain things and then also mm. just like hyper hypersensitive like mm. I'm a highly sensitive person or I'm like hypersensitive you know so like yeah, I, would, girl. I would always just kind of identify as that but like even like growing up like a child 
of course, you know, like when you're little, like you don't process things that way. But like, even when I look back when I was like, you know, between the ages of like five and 10, I remember I yeah. had like super vivid dreams all the mm. time. Um, yeah. I was one of those little four-year-olds that, you know, would hear the Lord talk to me. And I thought that it was normal. Like I didn't even think to tell anybody because mm. I just like it was so normal and every day that when I finally just like mentioned it, it was like, what? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> run that back. Run that back. What, what do you say that? You know, but like <laughs> I'm not even thinking that it's anything to bring up because mm. this is just nor- what it doesn't everybody <laughs> doesn't everybody hear a voice <laughs> at night, you know? And so looking back as like a little person, like yeah. I could see it with just little stuff like that. And then of course you know, you get to high school, middle school, college, and you have literally, like, solidified your reputation as, like, super sensitive. Mm. Like, I was definitely the quote-unquote crybaby all throughout grade school. That is the worst. It's, it was literally it's the, worst the worst feeling because you can't really tell people that, like, I'm not a, I'm not a crybaby. Like, I don't, like, I can't help. Yeah. Like, I just feel this thing, like, really deeply. And, like, why mm-hmm. Why are you not crying? You know? Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Why, why yes. is this Like, situation? I feel deeply. And <laughs> I'm a child, so I literally right, do not right. have the diction to explain <laughs> to you what I'm feeling. But what I'm feeling is valid. Thank you, though. Right. What I'm feeling is valid. And it's really overwhelming. And, mm. like, I'm trying to try to get, like, I don't know what else to do, you know? So, yeah. by the time I got to college... It was, you know, I had a lot of people that loved me around me, but I think their love for me, they were very scared for me because it was, you know, you need to suck it up and mm. you need to like, they, like they were, I could tell that they were trying to, especially my, my male friends during college, like they were always trying to turn me into this brick because mm, they they're literally hurting thought, you. Yeah, because they were so scared. They were just like, you're not going to make it in the mm. world because you literally are like a little china plate like like somebody taps you you're gonna break you know Mm. so I thought that there was something wrong with me you know I literally thought that I was a strange person because nobody else nobody else (laughs) knew you know yeah yeah um and you know what's really interesting is I so I also identify as an empath, and for those of you who don't know what an empath is, um, empaths are probably twenty percent of the population who are very um, neurologically sensitive, um, emotionally perceptive, and relationally savvy is how I would put it. So the empath is the person who not just has the capacity to express empathy and to feel empathy, which is something that you know. 90% of people can do but the empath is a person who is very good at perceiving what is not said they're also the person who can look at somebody and literally feel their emotions like what what do you feel like was the first time that you like looked at someone and you were like oh shoot I think I'm feeling what they're feeling oh god I don't I don't know I just I don't, I can't really like pinpoint like that monumental moment where like I had, you know, because mm. I just feel like <laughs> it's been happening for so long. Literally ever. <laughs> yeah. Literally all mushed together. But I, I mean, I have vivid memories of like being in high school mm. and like not like knowing, like I cannot sit next to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or like sitting down at a certain table even if I was used to sitting with that group of people like sitting down and and then all of a sudden having the worst anxiety and like Mm -hmm. not truly understanding you know and I think it was once I got when I got to college where I was able to actually say like you know what I think people are giving off something that I'm internalizing you know Mm -hmm. in high school it was more like I was able to acknowledge it like okay something's going on but I think it wasn't until I got to college where it was just like okay people are emitting stuff emitting <laughs> and somehow things. I keep catching and it somehow <laughs> it is inside of my body right now yes yes you know 
Yeah. And right. sometimes people get so spooky about that. Um, because you know, it wasn't until, so I knew that I had a gift. I think first in my family, I was always outspoken. So I wasn't necessarily, um, I can't think of a better word other than soft. I wasn't tender. I'll say that. Well, rather I was tender, but I was not timid. And so I was the aggressive person who also cried a ton. And so I was like this, like, paradox where people are like what what do you what are you trying to communicate because like you're mad right now but I'll see you crying like what do you want right, okay. right, right. and um yeah I, I think that I it was when I was in therapy probably a year and a half ago that like my therapist was like hey um I want you to know that you have a gift for feeling what other people feel and like that's called being an empath you know and I think that I just I just thought I was crazy. Like I remember going to, <laughs> I remember going to a concert. This is so weird, but I remember going to this concert. I'm not going to say who the artists were, but I remember going to a concert and they, you know, the band's playing blah, blah, blah. And there are these two people on stage and I like look at the guy and I look at the girl and I'm like, he just cheated on her. And she's like soaking in unforgiveness and she's so mad at him. And I told my sister and she was like, what are you talking about? Like, these are complete strangers, (laughs) you know? And like, I think that I (laughs) always had this shame about going too deep too quickly because that like, that's where my emotions took me, you know? Like I could meet someone and say like, wow, like you really miss your dad. And they would just start crying. It would be like, how did you know this? And it's like, we're at a bar right now. (laughs) But here we are having this conversation. And I felt, I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt very lonely because I felt like I was just operating in like this realm of like, just this realm that like no one else was in. And I think that was part of what made me want to reach out to you and be like, she's an empath and she's black and she loves Jesus. Oh, we finna connect for real, for real. She don't even know we friends already. (laughs) And that's what really wanted me to reach out because, um, I would, I would, I would be lying if I said that that loneliness still didn't exist because it's like, I don't, you know, like there's still like that, that feeling of, of knowing what people feel, the burden rather, of knowing what people feel before they know what they feel. Before, oh my gosh. I it's and and it's and it and it sucks because like you know that the proper word is that it can be a burden, but like you know you, you don't want it to be. Like it's not mm-hmm. something that you necessarily, you know, are trying to call out as a burden. But like it yeah. it, it is because like there there were there have been times where I will wake up out of my sleep with like a very particular emotion, and I'm like, "Who is like what is you know like waking me up out of my sleep kind of anxiety, you know, and then I have to pinpoint like what it is, and then once i and then i I'll have to go through this whole process of like you know who is it, and then when i once once I figure out who it is and I reach out to them. They're just like, how in the world, like, it's 3 a.m., you know, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. how did you even, you know, like, or even being near somebody who's acting normal, Mm -hmm. and you literally have to be like, you know, and then you ask them, like, what's wrong, or you tell them what's Mm -hmm. wrong, and they literally are like, what, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like, but, and and it, and it's a burden because it freaks people out sometimes. Yeah, you know? and it, it yeah because it's you're like you're uncovering people, and you're usually uncovering the one thing that they don't want people to see. Yeah, you know, and so like I had to, and I think I had to kind of deal with this in college, but also outside of college as like a new adult. Like I think that it was really hard for people to want to always be around me because I always was uncovering them. Yeah. And like part of that was, was my gift, but I think also part of that was me not knowing how to use it and me not because part of me being the, you know, the loud (laughs) abrasive person that I can be, um, I would just say it. If I felt it, I said it. Yeah. And I, I didn't always keep it in and take it you know, in prayer or, or to use that information to, to act more wisely. Yeah. I would just be like, wow, you're so mad. 
are like, well, you're just so sad, you know? And <laughs> I remember saying that to Kyle. Like, he was like, he was doing something, and I was like, man, you are just so, you just have years of sadness just, like, pent up, you know? And he kind of just looked at me like, what are you saying to me? <laughs> just leave me alone. And... Yeah, like I I wasn't wise about it. And so it made it hard to to maintain relationships because I I either said everything or I didn't say anything at all. And I literally felt a physical pain when I didn't say anything. Mm. Like I felt physically burdened. Like, like, look, we got someone got to confess something. Yeah, I don't know what kind of. Like what? What is that? What is that physical thing? Because it's like, what do I? What do you even call it? Is it because it? Oh, I totally. I mean, to be honest, yeah. I (laughs) to be honest, I kind of feel like it's oppression. Like I just think that people have this assumption that things don't grow in the dark, and like they absolutely can. And even scarier than that, we can't measure how fast, how wide, and what it affects when it grows in the dark. You know, and so I think like that is like the panic that kind of takes over my body of like this needs to be confessed so it can be addressed. Um, And so when people like afraid of doing that, I like want to do it for them, and sometimes that's just not my job you know no, yeah. sometimes it's just to wait for them or to help them see it or to guide them and that literally aligns with the work that I do as a therapist um I, t- I told my husband all the time like I I am not a good therapist because of what I learned in school I am only a good therapist because of this gift that God has given me because I sit across from some of my clients and I hear what they're saying in their heads. Like, yeah. I don't care what you say. This thing is real. Okay. <laughs> call it discernment, call it whatever you want. So you don't feel spooked out. Right, but, right. but right, like, right. I literally can hear what they're brewing in their minds and in their yeah. spirits. And and I respond to it and they're like, how do you know? And I'm like, well, uh, just know that I know. Okay. Right. Well, I just, I know. Fine. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel like being an empath has affected your relationships, like overall, like friendships and romantic relationships? Um, in mostly different ways. Just like if it's with friendships, it's it's been hard only because like I'm also like highly introverted. Mm-hmm. And so like it, it's always, it's never necessarily like the people in general but like also I'm sure you can relate but like with being an empath it's like certain things just can if you don't know how to like block Mm. stuff Mm. it's just you're just so you're just super sensitive to it's it's, it's almost like overstimulation so like yes sometimes I can't go to the the kickback I can't go (laughs) I can't go (laughs) to the huge birthday dinner that I that I want to like I feel like I want to isolate mm-hmm. because when I'm there there's literally 12 different energies pulling at me and I don't know how to <laughs> I don't know how to block all of them and then yeah and also there. exist in your own energy you know right like... and like I don't know <laughs> how and so then it just it just drains me mm. and you know loud noises sometimes can make me feel ill like if i'm some if i'm not like mentally prepped like if i know i'm going to a concert like okay but if yeah. i'm not mentally prepped for something like that like even being in like loud spaces you know can make me mm. ill but when it comes to like with my with my marriage even when me and Doug were dating it it's had its effect in in the fact that like I he used to get a little annoyed with me because I would he felt like I was always asking him what's wrong and, and <laughs> <Yeah>. his mind <laughs> and you know in his mind he's like he either really feels like there's nothing wrong or he might have something wrong but he doesn't want to talk about it which is yeah. fine but it's like he always felt kind of like vulnerable like I feel mm. like why can't I just walk into the room and sit down without you knowing everything like like yeah. I like like just always feeling naked you know mm. and it never caused any 
real issues in our relationship. And it was just one of those things where we kind of had to work through because I don't, you know, you don't, you don't want people feeling like, oh, here she comes. Like now all of a sudden I'm, I'm naked sitting here in front yeah. of her. You know, because yeah. I'm AKA, let me leave. Putting <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> for people, you know? Yeah. And so, but he's actually been the one to really help me understand and accept the fact that my empathy and, and being an empath is a gift and that I don't need to shy away from it because it's uncomfortable or because sometimes it make, may make him uncomfortable. Um, mm. or it may make somebody else uncomfortable like mm. I can't I can't shy away from it like I have to like I have to learn it I have to use it and yeah. I have to because it it's it's literally like a part of who I am yes you know? and so it just you know just just little stuff like that just him <laughs> so just being like okay fine yes there's something wrong can we talk yeah. about it later though like, <laughs> yeah like I don't want to yes yes talk about it an hour I wasn't prepared for you to <laughs> as I stepped in so, the door <laughs> right look I came home I did not expect to get ran up on <laughs> please leave me be just for a second yeah I and you know I think that that can I had to explain to um, my sister and to my husband, to the people who are close to me that like, this is not necessarily fun for me, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's a gift. And there's so much beautiful relief that comes from walking with other people as they understand what's going on in their lives so that they can embrace healing. But like, this is not like hip, hip, hooray. We yeah. finna just bless people's emotional lives. <laughs> um, because you know, my, I think that they, the, a lot of people think that it is like fun for me. Like, oh, like you just come in and you just know, lucky you. And it's like, no, sis, not lucky me. I wish I knew nothing. <laughs> I wish I only had to deal with my emotions. Right. And, and really it often puts, I don't know if this has happened to you, but I think being an empath um, has been beautiful, but it often puts me in situations, especially as a black woman, where I'm just like very misunderstood because similar to you growing up, it was like, you need to like harden up. You need to like, look, you have a lot of passion, you have a lot of fire, but like that can't be followed by tears, you know? Um, So I spoke at Elon University three months ago, four months ago. And I was like, it was November. I spoke in November. And when I went to go speak, I got up there and my husband's like, you know, yeah, babe, you got this. He's like, give me the eyes so I can hear it in his head. And I open my mouth and I immediately break down crying in front of everybody. And I'm just like, (laughs) and I, and the room just like goes dead silent. Everyone's staring at me. And I'm speaking at like this really large campus ministry and I'm like, you know, a little keynote speaker thing. And, and I'm just like crying. Oh, no. <laughs> and I, I look to Kyle through the blurriness of my tears and I can feel his embarrassment, not, not him being embarrassed of me, but yeah. I, I could feel his, oh, I know that she's so embarrassed right now. Cause yeah. he knows me. I was very embarrassed. Um, and I think it was just a really humbling moment for me and the Lord personally, but I got up there and I made eye contact with this woman and immediately I saw a little girl in her room, in the corner of her room, and she was in her underwear and there was a man in her room and she was petrified. And she couldn't bring herself to cry. And I was crying for her. And I was like, this is someone... And I know this is probably going to bring up some stuff. And I like, you know, say this whole thing. And I'm like, I want you to know that like God was there and he was in the room and he was there with you. And like, he's not going to let that moment pass without addressing it. Like you think that because it was so long ago that God has just forgotten about it, but you have to live with it every day. And it's like, no, he's living with it every day too. And he's, there's a, there's a time of reckoning and it's coming. Um, and I knew who it was, but for the sake of not calling her out in front of this large right, group of people, right. I don't say anything. And I, I, I'm glad you think that. I'm glad oh, you wow. think it's 
I was like, Lord, why are you trying to embarrass me out here, God? Huh? Why? What did I do to you, God? What Jesus, did I why? do to you? Oh. And so I go on and I speak about whatever my sermon was about. And then afterwards, while everyone's kind of jumbled and talking to each other and stuff, I like we make eye contact. And I am not lying to you oh, when I Lord. say she she broke out into a full no. form Usain Bolt sprint. <laughs> and she left the building. And oh. you know me, I followed her. So <laughs> Oh my god! I followed her and I and I was like, "Hey, I'm not gonna say anything to you. I'm not gonna make you say anything. I just want to give you a hug." Yeah. They gave her a hug and she started crying. Oh. And then she left. And but like even after she left, after I hugged her, I still had that burden, you know. And I yeah that. But then I also had to go home. It wasn't until I got home that Kyle was like. He was processing with me. He was like, hey, babe, I know that you're probably really embarrassed, but, you know, I'm really proud of you. And I know it's especially really hard knowing that other people don't know your context. Right. And then, like, the second wave of embarrassment came because I was like, wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I didn't think. Like, they really just think that I just went up there and cried and then spoke a sermon, (laughs) you know? all over my face and I was like wow like and I think that that's that is I think that a lot of women specifically a lot of women of color and black women get treated irrationally for something that is like truly a gift yeah you know I think that's what I'm getting at is because like to the world that looks irrational but like that is a gift that I have it's a gift of of being able to draw near to people who feel isolated from others. It's a gift that allows me to not only see where people have been, but God gives me, you know, images and words and visions yeah. about where people are going to be in the future and what he wants to do with their lives. And I think yeah. that when you don't know that it's a gift, it's very easy for the enemy in the world to make it seem like you are just unstable. Oh my God. And I feel like most of my um, like young, like young, young adult self, like just trying to maneuver through like high school and college. I definitely felt like that. Mm. I felt like I was unstable. I felt like everybody was right. And I was just this weird, crazy, like, super sensitive never going to be able to do anything without getting my feelings hurt Mm -hmm. you know when when deep down I felt like I just didn't know how to explain what was going on I had no words yeah to try to tell people what was happening because I didn't I I couldn't fully understand it myself you know so I definitely struggled with that when I was younger Mm. yeah the world thought I was crazy (laughs) yeah and then oh like in those moments when so many when enough people tell you that you're crazy or that you're weak you'll start to believe it yeah you know you're like man maybe they're right and and for me it wasn't until I got in the right place so um for me it wasn't until I got into um this profession of being a therapist that I was like, look, this is what I am meant to do. (laughs) Every day, my gift is used to the full capacity. I come home empty um, every time I go into that office. But before I was aligned with that right space and what I'm almost 26 now. So before I was aligned in that right space, I realized that, that the enemy's plan was always to try and shame me in the place that I was most gifted and like shame always yes. like uh, shame precedes isolation yes like you feel shame yes. and then you isolate right yeah and then once you're isolated you're by yourself and no one gets to receive from your gift right and and not saying that we need validation from other people but like it's other people's testimony about how our gifts have touched them is what validates that it's a gift yeah 
And so for me, it was like, I just isolated myself for like, uh, to be honest, like two years. Oh. It was just like, I'm not going to dig into like deep relationship with anybody because anytime I call someone out, they get pissed at me. Yes. <laughs> you know, like I'm not gonna. And also that like that, that married with me not really knowing how to explain it, like you said, was, was a big deal. But yeah, um, yeah I think that there's so many people out there who are gifted in perceiving, gifted in discerning, gifting, gifted in touching and gifting, gifted in yeah. feeling for other people. And like, that is what got, and that's what the enemy wants to shame them in. You know, the yeah. enemy is like, oh, you're, you're too blank. Right. You're, you're too weepy. You're too sad. You feel too deep, deeply. You're too emotional. Only for me to find out that the same too emotional that people spoke over me was going to help save other people's lives. Right. That's amazing. Mm. I wish I had like figured that out. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask you, I was going to say, what do you feel like your like calling is with being an empath? I mean, honestly, if I could be really honest, I, I, mm. I feel like I'm still in this season of like, learning and like grabbing hold of the reins and like saying mm -hmm. okay like this is not just for me because I feel like I let everybody's opinions about being too soft and too sensitive and too emotional mm -hmm. and too whatever I let it get to me so much that I internalized it and made it all about me so then even over the past few years like if I'm kind of internalizing somebody's energy or you know moments where I can I can feel somebody is depressive out of, about a very specific thing I I never took the time to learn how to separate myself from that so that yeah. I can be strong in that moment and then go communicate that to people like so, so I'm still in this season of like okay when you're overwhelmed and crying and you know that it's not you mm -hmm. like okay get it together <laughs> yeah like this isn't about you like you yeah. know that your tears and whatever emotion is attached to it right now you know it's not you you know it's mm -hmm. the person right over there you know yeah. so I feel like in terms of trying to figure out what that call is I think I'm still I'm still figuring that out because yeah. I'm just now kind of allowing myself I feel like I'm about to cry like mm. I feel like I'm just now really allowing myself to be who I've always known I was mm. and like I didn't like that about me because nobody else seemed to you know yeah and so I feel like I'm just now within the past few years like like telling myself like it's okay like this is good and this is a, a gift and this is who you are and like yeah. you don't have to continue to look to the past and, like the way you tore yourself down about it you know mm. and so sometimes I do feel kind of like I'm I'm super late to the party you know <laughs> I just turned like I just like I just turned 30 yeah and I've I've known that I've had this all my life but mm. I literally like let the world tell me that like I was crazy and so I'm just now like trying to love myself through yeah. it and so mm. I don't even I'm I'm still trying to like figure out what that like specific thing is that like he really like that the Lord really wants to use me for I've had glimpses just with the way that he's been able to use me to help people yeah with this gift mm -hmm. like just with all of the the random moments throughout my life where I have been able to you know like because I had kind of the opposite experience in college I had that experience where once people once certain people found out like I did have friends that kind of beat up on me and they were like listen you, you're just really sensitive and you need to like I'm scared for you but then I did yeah. have certain people like in my like church sphere like church friends and stuff mm -hmm. that were on campus they I could tell that once they kind of figured out, like, Lisa always has something to say about my life. They kind of, like, clung to it. Like, they, they yes. always started to treat me as the oracle. <laughs> they <all laughs> no, yes. They started to treat me as, yes. like, a, 
you know, as like a personal, like, psychic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I realized that at the time that that's yeah. what they were doing. But mm-hmm. looking back, I can definitely see that like certain people were actually, they actually saw it and would come to me all the time with, yeah. with like dreams or with mm-hmm. asking me questions. Because of course, if they, if they told me how they were feeling and they were really upset about it and they asked me a question, I was going to have an answer. Yeah. And 99.9% of the time it was right. Cause it was always the Lord, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's always yep. been this kind of up and down, like, well, is it good or is it not? Am I soft or is it, am I like helping people? Am I like, what do I like, what, what do I do with this? You know? Mm. So, yeah. And I think that unlearning what we have heard for such a long time is one of like the greatest tasks of our lives. Yeah. It's like unlearn because it's literally become like a part of our, internal narrative is are like these voices that we've heard so many times that because the brain loves repetition the brain yeah. loves repetition yeah. and so it's easy for our brain to just default to what other people have said about us rather than for us to create new neurological pathways that reflect what's actually true about us you wow, know yeah yeah mm. so i was church just this morning and this lady um there's, I don't know if this is true for your church, but in my church, there's like this lady, Miss Denise. She don't play with a single soul, okay? She lives <laughs> in the throne room, and she will make eye contact with you across the room with a thousand people in it, and you know she's coming for you. Um, but today was a special day because, you know, this morning I, I really didn't feel like going to church, but the Lord was like, go. And I went, and he was like, go find her. And I went to go find her. And as soon as I touched her hand, she started speaking in tongues. And I was like, okay, Jesus, oh, you got Lord. something for me. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, God, what's happening? But she said something to me that was just, like, um, powerful. And then I got in the car, and I was just crying the entire way home. She was like, God wants to use you and continues to use you because your heart is so soft. Like your heart is so soft. And uh, it was funny because she said, hard heart, where? (laughs) You better be funny in the spirit. But she was like, your heart is so soft and you have a deep and abiding compassion that will never run out for people. Mm. And then she hugged me and I just like kind of broke down because yeah. I realized that like still for me, I similar to you, like I, I'm I've been still internalized, like even though I'm operating in my gifts and I see the fruit of it, I've still internalized how um those voices are still there. Yeah, yeah. The voices of the past are still there. And I think that when I get distracted, sometimes I think those voices are the Lord. And it was like this moment that was like, oh, God doesn't, God isn't ashamed of me. Yeah. Because like, I felt that way, you know, like, and not like a people were like, I hate you. You're, you're so shameful. But like, I think that I felt like other people's shame about how open I was about emoting. Oh, okay. And it was like, (laughs) well, come (laughs) on. That was a lot, (laughs) you know? And then I would be like, wait, should I be ashamed for feeling? You know, yeah. and realizing like that I've just internalized that shame on such a deep level and I'm still working on releasing that. But, you yeah. know, I just was thinking about that as you got a little teary and was sharing that you're still learning. Because I think for people who are empaths, we're all still learning because like in this world that is built on fame and reputation and power, we we bring like this very soft, intimate, honest, revealing touch to the masks that people wear. Um, And people don't want that. They put on their masks for a reason. Um, And it's kind of like this moment where like when we touch their mask, it kind of just crumbles. And we're agitators. (laughs) Right. We are. No, we are. <laughs> like I'm yeah. okay with that. Look, I'm gonna agitate you, sis. I'm gonna help you heal. Right. Yeah, we're 
we're agitators and I think that that it's hard to find a a consistent place for yeah. an agitator because the agitators usually cast out. Oh, Lord. Mm. So I want to end with you sharing three pieces of advice that you have for someone who thinks that they're an empath, is an empath, or is trying to discover whether they are an empath. Um, well, I would first say that you need to be nice to yourself, okay? Mm, yeah. <laughs> because I was not nice to myself. I, mm. you know told myself that I, you know, if I, if somebody was telling me to, you know, harden up and the only way to make it in life is to be a brick, then I was trying to beat myself into submission for that. Like I mm. was trying to change myself, but it wouldn't work. Like I yeah. was just so not in my DNA, you know? Yes. And I was in, there were seasons where I was just mean to myself. Like what is wrong with you? Yeah. You're never gonna make it out here. <laughs> yeah, Not, you know. So, I honestly, I would say for one, be nice to yourself. Give yourself grace. Like mm-hmm. there's plenty of grace. Like I think we don't give ourselves grace. We give grace to other people and. We yeah. allow other people to give us grace. We don't give ourselves grace sometimes. We sure do not. We're, we're so hard on ourselves, you know? Yep. So I'd say be nice to yourself. Um, two, I'd say really just in a practical sense, like even if you if you feel like it could be, like you could be an empath and like you're not sure or whatever, like really just throw yourself in the process of like being trying to be aware like praying through being aware like asking the lord like okay i need you to help me to see i need you to help me to hear and like actually pay attention because like like for me like it's been imperative that i'm always praying that the lord keep my awareness like lit like (laughs) like (laughs) on point because you'll just go through the day and then by the end of the day, you don't realize that you've, you know, there, there were just all of these factors into yeah. things that you said, into things that you felt, into decisions you could have made that you maybe shouldn't have, that you should have. Yeah. Certain certain uh, inclinations to pray a certain thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just be be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of your thoughts. Like, why am I, like, why for the past three days have I thought? this one particular thing but like why every time I look at the clock I have this certain thought or like why do I keep thinking about my friend Brenda today like come on you know what I'm saying like just just pay attention you know because I think sometimes you're just not used to being hyper aware of what you're thinking what you're doing who's around Mm -hmm. how it influenced you Mm-hmm. what you ate that morning that could have influenced I mean you know what I mean yeah literally so, everything yeah so I'd say definitely just be prayerful about like the Lord helping you stay aware of like yeah. what's going on in life yeah um, yeah, yeah um third one really just to to just know early on that like, yeah, like you benefit from this and like, this is your life, but it is all to help other people. And it's for the glory of God. Like mm. it might feel like a burden, but if anybody that has a gift, like, you know, that sacrifice is just a part of the Christian life. Like yeah. if you can yeah. really accept the fact that like this burden is just part of the sacrifice that goes into your ministry to other people. And mm-hmm. then knowing that it glorifies God, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because yeah. otherwise, if you don't have that at the forefront of your brain, you will just be a walking tornado of <laughs> yeah. a walking tornado of drama. Like yeah. you would just literally feel like, what is the point of this? <laughs> I just feel like a walking zombie all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> but you have to remember that it's not just for you, you know? 
you have mm-hmm. to you have to seek the Lord and ask him to help you identify like who is this supposed to reach? Like who is supposed to be reached mm. through me? Like I am a vessel. Yeah. Who around me is supposed to experience you through me? And then just remember that it's all for his glory. Like in the most practical way, like day to day living. Like I want to glorify you through helping people as I feel this. Mm. Radiating in my body. <laughs> yeah, literally. And <laughs> affecting my everyday life. And affecting my everyday life. Yeah, yeah. I I I want to add uh, a little advice too. I think for me I had to learn to just trust my intuition. Yes. Just to like trust myself. And like even as a mother, even as a wife, you know, I think that those real not really a wife, but being a mother that heightened my intuition like by a quadrillion. <laughs> yeah number I don't know it is now um but I realized that like I intuited a lot of things as a child and as a Me teenager too. and like I think people passed it off as angst I used to write like bomb poetry as a teenager <laughs> to get out all my angst but like the, there have been more than one situation where I have been like there's not something not right about that person. And years later, it's like, oh yeah, we just found out this person was a sexual predator. Right. Or we, or we found out that this person did this to this person. And, you know, like, and obviously externally is not the time to say, I told y'all so. But like internally, right. you know, I can't lie and say that I don't say that internally. But like, just to trust, trust your intuition. Like there have been places where I'm like, I don't know why I can't go there, but I can't go there. Yes. Like, that is I, really good yeah that's really good advice my 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 husband literally has to like often like even if we're not even talking about anything related to the subject he'll literally sometimes just be like hey trust your intuition like like you've got this you know because there have yeah. been so many times where I've been like I really feel like and he'll be like okay that that's it then like I can't even, I don't even get the whole sentence out it's just I yes. really think that so-and-so might be, and he'll be like, well, that's it. That's it. There's no thing. Mm. Like, just trust it, because mm. we already know that it, uh, we already know the outcome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep, Great. and and your your intuition is like, is one, it's fueled by your Holy Spirit, and in a lot of ways that it just is the Holy Spirit, but like, yeah. I think that for me, I realized, like, my intuition could not always, but in some cases could actually be life and death for people. Yeah. You know, like thinking about like, uh, I had a friend who um, years later it came out that um, a family member had been like consistently sexually assaulting her. And I remember this was like one of the few times, it was like an elementary school. Um, It was one of the few times that my parents said I could sleep over at someone's house, but I was petrified to I like did not want to and I don't know why mm-hmm. I remember being like no it's okay I want to go home right, right <laughs> and everyone's right, right. like why not and like especially for an African kid like look if your mom right. says you can sleep over somewhere and she don't catch a dream herself right look, right. <laughs> right if she don't wake up and say mm, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you if, she, if God yeah. don't catch her up like that and she says yes it's always a go but like I remember right. being like mm-mm Mm-mm, I can't go right. to that. I can't yeah. be a part of that. I I, I, can't, I just can't. I don't want to stay over there. Um, and just thinking of all the ways that like <sighs> trusting that little thing in my stomach that was like, girl, don't do it. Don't or do it. that right. thing in my stomach that said, just ask them this or just do this. And, yeah. and seeing it actually like turn out in my favor or in in anyone's favor positively has been such a good reminder to be like, I don't care how crazy I seem to someone. I have literally, no joke, I have met random people on Instagram and been like, look, the Lord told me to tell you A, B, C, D, E, F, G. (laughs) Okay. I know you don't know me from Eve or Adam or any other kids, but (laughs) I was praying and literally I saw an image of you and so right. here it is. Here it is. Look, 
I'm I'm not out here trying to, you know, get anything from you. I'm genuinely just trying to be obedient to the Lord and like just having to be okay with like your intuition will make you look stupid because not everyone can see the end, but you have to trust that the end is what is what the Holy Spirit is telling you it is, you know. <sighs> this is great. <laughs> I just I feel like I'm listening to my life in somebody else's mouth, you know. <laughs> yeah, look, you know, I literally <laughs> I think you posted it and like two minutes later. I like sent you a whole paragraph <laughs> in your DMs. And we're over here talking about, oh my God, I felt crazy. But like, it's it's true. And I think that there's so many people who are gifted to be empaths and not everyone's called to be a therapist. You know, like some people, yeah, yeah. there needs to be empaths in corporate America. There need to be empaths in the medical field. There need to be empaths, you know, anywhere. Um, because yeah. I think that they're just people who who soften all of the hardness that the world tells us that we need to embrace and perpetuate so that we can be finger quotations successful. Right. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could talk about this forever, but obviously I know, we, don't, there's so many stories. we don't want to waste nobody's time. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Elisa, for joining and being a part of the healing circle um it's been awesome talking to you thank you it was awesome talking to you um i would love for you to share how people can stay connected with you and see all the cute amazing pictures that you take (laughs) and all the amazing things y'all if you need someone to teach you how to do the swoop-de-doop on your edges she's the one okay the one them swoops are something serious saying that i'm just like listen it's just, it's the just swoops are on a thousand <laughs> well my instagram is at emerald favor e-m-e-r-a-l-d favor mm-hmm. um i don't really use anything else um, me not really i'm never <laughs> really on twitter yeah i mean either. never really on anything else i don't feel like reading <laughs> yeah if you find me on instagram then that's that'll be sufficient because I don't really use anything else. <laughs> you gotta say sufficient. Yes. Yeah, so follow her on Instagram, um, connect with her on Instagram and yeah, we would love to hear what you guys think about being an empath and whether this is something that affects you or whether this is, you know, something you might need to pass on to someone else in your life that you care for. Um, if so, do it because there's so many people out here feeling alone, especially so many people of color feeling deeply out here alone like what is wrong with me right what is wrong with me (laughs) right right um so thank you guys so much please rate subscribe and leave your little comment below until the circle comes back around we'll see you guys next time bye-bye bye